through heart check, we're really challenging ourselves to pick our heads up and look beyond the walls of our church. People have even said to us, why in the world are we doing this in the middle of a pandemic? Why are we attempting to raise money and fund ministries and be a part of what God's doing in the world? Well, the answer is in the question. As a church, we feel it's important to continue the work that we're a part of around the world, to partner with our brothers and sisters in so many places, whether it be here or around the globe, to continue to, to help and to undergird the ministry so that people continue, women and children and men, continue to meet Jesus, to, to deepen their walk with him, to find him for the first time, to step into the pain of so many. So we're doing heart check. And, and I know I've been here a while and I've been up front in many heart checks, but this is an opportunity for us as the church to stand up and say, no matter what's going on in the world around us, we trust God. We trust his plan, his will, his desires in the world. And, and that's exactly what we're doing. Last week, we focused on our partners in the city. Today, we focus on our international partners, what we're doing outside the, the borders of our country. And like I said, Ab Abby Van Persum is going to share with us from Poetis International. She's the CEO. She lives in Zambia most of the time. She's been in the country a couple months and sort of traveling around and visiting with people. But today we have an opportunity to see through her eyes how the Lord's using us to make a difference in that country, in Zambia. But before Abby comes up, I, I have a video I need to show you of one of my good friends, Denny Willis, as he talks about what we're going to accomplish internationally through HeartCheck this year. I'm excited to share with you opportunities before us to press on with our partner ministries around the world. First of all, in Congo, we continue to work with two partners, Jericho Road Health Clinic and World Relief. The country has been devastated by war and these teams are providing significant help. We provide key financial aid to Jericho Road Wellness Clinic. World Relief is committed to peace building in a region torn apart. We'll be supporting their church empowerment zones, which do remarkable work on restoring relationships between divided pastors. In India, our relationship with India Gospel League remains strong. We are honored to be part of their efforts to adopt a new region, Madhya Pradesh, in central India, and begin church planning there. They intend to plant 225 churches over the next three years, training and equipping hundreds of church planters, constructing six life centers and training thousands of children and adults. Next in Lebanon, our work even grows more important after the recent devastating explosion in Beirut. Fortunately, all of our partners at Heart for Lebanon and Youth for Christ were accounted for and safe. But this country was already suffering the lasting effects of war, civil unrest, and economic turmoil. Heart for Lebanon provides critical relief to refugees and will be able to provide necessary funding to continue that. We'll also help Youth for Christ with staffing, equipment, and resources to promote their message to young people who need to find healing. A a key part of this outreach is to refugee tent cities whose population is nearly 2 million. In Zambia, we partner with Poetis International to provide scholarships to send people through their missionary training school of justice. They will be equipped to reach this region with the message of hope in Christ. This powerful ministry has already impacted thousands of lives, and we are very excited to be part of this momentum. A new addition this year is on the island of Haiti. 
Peak Partners is a dedicated group of Haitians and Americans coming together to do God's work. We will help them launch a community garden for a school in a remote village and install solar panels to sustain the Christian school and community. It's an honor to serve as our Global Outreach Director and know that from right here in Western New York, we can have such a powerful impact on the lives of so many people around the world. Thank you for your continued support. Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good to be with you this morning. Since I can't see your faces, can everybody give me a little wave so I know you're with me? <laughs> it's good. It's a little strange without any um, the full the full view of your faces this morning. But I'm happy to be with you. Um, we've been here for the weekend, and it has been such a beautiful weekend. Friday night was an awesome worship night. The Lord moved and ministered to so many of us, um, and it's just been a, a great weekend to be with you as a family. I'm so excited about what the Lord is doing in this church, in this body, in this people. Uh, my name is Abby, like Paul said. Um, I've been living in Choma, Zambia, and ministering in that place for over eight years. Um, and I am married to an amazing man. His name is John. John, give everyone a wave. Yes, it is my greatest privilege, maybe, in life to get to do ministry alongside him. Um, we have a beautiful 10-month-old daughter who is here somewhere as well. Um, and I'm also here with another member of our team named Will Hill, who is one of the most creative and radical men um, that I know as well. So we're excited to be with you guys today. Thanks for having us. Um, the more that we partner with Watermark, the more that we run this race with you guys, the more I just continue to believe in you. Believe in, in the light that you are in the city, in Western New York, in Buffalo. Um, I love to be with the global church in different corners of the world and see what is he doing, what is the body doing in this place and in this city and in this nation, and to be with you in the U.S. right now in such a time as this, just cheering you on to be ambassadors of Christ, to build the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven in this place is such a privilege to stand with you today, so thank you. We are after the same ministry in Choma. We want to see Jesus. We want to see justice. It is our pursuit as poetis to see justice. The Lord has put us in a community with an incredible, offensive, visual, oppressive injustice. There's a lot of it that happens. We're permanently positioned in a city called Choma. Everyone say Choma. Yes. Um, in a community in Choma called Mwapona. So Choma is made up of a bunch of different communities. And so we minister in a place called Mwapona. We're going to take a look at it this morning if you want to check out the video. Um, this is in the backdrop, you can see Mwapona. So that's the community that we love so dearly. In the front, you can see Poetis. That's our base. If you've been there, you know it well. Um, we have about 13 and a half acres, four of which or so are developed. So we have a lot of vision for the rest, but that's what we currently have. Um, this city, or this community, Mwapona, is very unlikely that the Lord would choose it to transform a nation, but I think that is exactly what the Lord is going to do. So you can see just kind of the landscape of the community that we get to be part of um, in this city. Yeah. If you, if you want to come check it out in real life, come join us. We'd love to have you. 
Um, yeah, so I, I do think, I believe that the Lord is going to, he's going to change the nation through this community. I have to believe it. That's what I'm after. Um, and I find it important to give you a little side note or a footnote that not everywhere in Choma, not everywhere in Zambia, not everywhere in Africa is like this, but in Wapona, in this community that the Lord has chosen for us, it is full of the down and outers. It's full of the drunkards. It's full of prostitutes, witchcraft, exploitation, thieves, poverty. It's full of those who can't get out. <laughs> and so once someone gets it enough to make it, they often shift or move out of that community, leaving whoever is left behind. Or people who can't make it anywhere else will move into that community. And I think um, while, yes, there's a lot of poverty, there's a lot of um, injustice, I also believe this is exactly why the Lord has put us here. And I think it's, um, it's because where there's poverty, where there are needs, there is often an incredible openness, an incredible willingness. And I think it's something that the affluent, that we need to take notice of, that there is a willingness, that there is an openness for Jesus, there is an openness for the gospel. And this community is becoming even more increasingly full of humble and hungry and radical followers of Jesus. And I can't wait to see what will continue to happen in this city. I love this people. I love this community so much with so much of my being. Poetis has been in Choma for over a decade and we've been able to partner with Watermark for every single one of those years. Yes, it's amazing, I love it. We have both had very expre various expressions, Poetis more than Watermark. We have been on quite a journey. If you've been walking with this, through this with us for the last decade, you know we've been doing tailoring. We've been doing school scholarships. We've been doing gardening. We've been doing creative arts and music academies. Um, and while they have been beautiful expressions of the Lord moving through us and doing what he wants to do in us, um, in his kindness, he continues to refine us and refocus us and change us and alter us. Um, and I'm learning each and every day the beauty of discovery and the beauty of walking through this journey with the Lord and letting us, letting him change our course. Proverbs 25.2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. So it's the glory of God to, to keep things. But it is our glory, the glory of kings, is to search it out. So it's okay that we don't know everything right away. I think we need to hear that sometimes, that it's okay that we don't know everything. When we start, it's okay that we don't know everything 10 years in. It's the journey that actually is our glory that the Lord has given us to walk through. It's a gift. It's okay that we don't know everything. The journey is our glory. It's our discovery. God actually does have a strategy, though, for how we should build his kingdom. He's given us an example. He's given us an instructions. And not only that, he's given us his very own spirit to dwell within us, to be alive in us, to help us course correct, to continue to find this is where the Lord is calling us. This is how he's inviting us to engage. As I've been preparing for this weekend, the Lord has really given me one word to share with your family here. I started um, on Friday. So if you were here on Friday, we're going to keep going deeper in the same vein. But it's his global strategy for to see, to see his kingdom established, whether it's in Choma, Zambia, or if it's right here in western New York. Jesus gives us this teaching in three of his gospels. Um, I'm going to give you all three scriptures. We're just going to read it in one. Um, 
I have this, ta- this scripture tattooed on my arm, actually, way when I was in college, and I was like, yeah, I love. I love that Jesus loves, you know. It's like, love. And I had no idea what the scripture meant. And so now I look back, I'm like, whoa, that was what I chose. I chose. The Lord stamped on me and said, this is the foundation of my ministry. This is the foundation of my throne and, and what I'm going to do with my work through you. Um, and so I still am just like, whew. Let's keep getting more revelation of what this actually means, the scripture. Okay, so let's jump in. Um, we've got Mark 12, Luke 10, and Matthew 22. Um, we're going to use the recount in Matthew, though. It says this, Matthew 22:37, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depends all the law and all the prophets. Before we jump in and and begin to go deep in this, the first thing I want to point out is how Jesus speaks to this Pharisee that asks him this question. Who is Jesus? He was a real person who had a real personality and a real tone of voice. And we just, sometimes we skip over those things. But whenever I read the scripture, I want to first start there. Who is Jesus? What is he saying? How, what is he like? What's his personality like? He, he was a man and he still is a real person. And, and God, the fullness of God dwelt in him. And then we get a recount from people who walked with him. Isn't that crazy? We actually get to read about the, the God that came into flesh, who walked around, and we get a recount of what he did. It's wild. Let us become obsessed with the man Jesus. Who was he? What was he like? What was his heart like? Don't read the word to be a good person or to know a lot of things about the Bible or to know a lot of things, a lot of scripture, or to support our own beliefs, but read the word to know Jesus every single time. Who is he? He gave us a a full representation of who he is, of who God is in in humanity. Let's stay there for a minute and and begin to understand and, and learn and pursue who is Jesus. Let him fascinate us. Let us read this thing to know who he is. I went to church for, I don't know, 22 years or so, like many of us. I knew about God, and what I was left with was feeling guilt and shame and condemnation when I wasn't living the right way. That was Christianity to me. But then I was also just tossed in the cross in case I messed it up. It's like, it's okay, live the right way, and if you don't, it's okay. Come to the cross. I think sometimes that Jesus has been replaced with the cross. Let us never replace Jesus with the cross. Yes, the cross is huge and massive. And it is the, the, the um, like, what's the word I'm trying to say? It's, it's the climax of Jesus' life, the death and resurrection. Yes, it seals everything. But let us not replace the man with the cross. I shared this on Friday, but there was a day when Jesus met me, not his rules, not his cross, but Jesus himself came and he spoke to my heart. He said, girl, I'm fighting for you and I love you. And it it changed me because Jesus himself became my prize. And my prayer is now that I never read the word without any other pursuit than to know Jesus himself. Who is this man who won me over? We complicate things. We do. It's not easy but it is simple. Let us never miss Jesus when we live out our Christianity. 
eyes on Jesus and the whole world will change. He is the one who wrote it, who finished it, who completed it, and will finish it. This weekend is about equipping, being on mission, to press on, to be active participants in the kingdom of God. And as we seek this, let us be cautious not to build our own kingdom, not to to support our own ideas of what this looks like, but let us seek Jesus and let let him lead us and guide us. He's a wild man. I'm going to read a couple scriptures that just, I like that it just shatters my paradigm a little bit for who he is. Um, There's an intense scripture, Matthew 10, 34. It says this, Jesus is speaking and he says, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. Do not suppose I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Jesus is saying this. Who is this Jesus that we read about? What is he like? He goes on to say, I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he goes on. He's saying, I will trade peace for wholehearted affection all day. I want your whole heart. We read again about peace that he does promise. John 16, Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Let us become obsessed with the person of Jesus. Read his word to know him, to know his mission, to know his pursuit, to know his heart. Who is he? What is he like? Okay, this isn't what I'm talking about today. I'm actually going to talk about Matthew 22, but I love Jesus. And he's the whole point anyways. Okay, Matthew 22. Let's go back. 22 verse 37, it says this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. He says this is the first and the greatest. That you should love the Lord your God. This is what everything else rests on. He's like, hey, do this thing and all else will come. Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the rest will be added. The kingdom of God, who is the kingdom of God? And his righteousness, it's Jesus. Seek first Jesus and his righteousness and all the rest will come. Love God. This is it. As a believer, our primary ministry is to love the Lord. That's it. That's the first thing. And if this is the word that Jesus, the one who I love, who I follow, if he says this is the first and this is the greatest, let me take a minute to sit here and think about what does it look like? How do I do this? Maybe not a minute, maybe an hour, maybe a day. Maybe actually my whole life should get reoriented, a whole paradigm shift over what does it look like to love the Lord? How do I actually do that? How do we orient our whole lives around loving the Lord? In our Western world, We have said we're going to love him by doing things for him. Isn't that true? We often say, I'm going to love the Lord by doing this. But this is actually entering into the second commandment. It says, the second is like it, but it is not it. It's similar, but it is not the first. Love the Lord your God, and the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. In the name of the first, yes, we do the second. But we have oftentimes cheapened the gospel to service projects to doing good. 
In local missions and in global missions, we have minimized the power of the gospel to love your neighbor instead of love God first. What does it look like? Yes, we can do the second, but it is second. You know, as a, as a global missions organization, I often get asked the question similar to, what is your sustainable business plan for local leaders to, to lead? Much more often than I get asked the question, are those in influence radically in love with Jesus? I'm not discarding the value of the second by any means, but they are secondary. And we have to call them secondary because the first commandment is actually loving God. In marriage, I'm going to use an example with John and myself. Sometimes I say, John, just look at me. I need your eye contact right now. Spend time with me. Slow down. Take a look. Look at me. And when he does, I'm like, okay. I think about that with the Lord sometimes. Like, Abby, just look at me. Give me your eye contact. And to think how that might move his heart. If I can just look at him, just slow down, to stop doing things, stop serving him, stop doing the dishes, just look at me, right? Take a moment. Give me your eyes. Give me your, give me your time. Give me your space. How do we love the Lord? How do we love the Lord our God? This commandment, it reveals a lot about God, yes, but it also reveals much about the kingdom and much about his heart, And it also speaks a lot about us and our value. That you and I, in our tiny attempts, that we can move God's heart. That he ascribes that much value to us. To say, hey, you, my sweet child, you can move my heart. In in your little attempt to love me back, it moves me. When we come before him and offer our love, God's heart is stirred. I think about this with my 10-month-old daughter. She's very busy. She moves around a lot. Being a parent has been one of the greatest joys, but also it has revealed so much to me about what God's heart is like as a father. That when when Ezra, that's her name, she moves around, moves around, and then in a moment she might just stop and look at me and like sit with me for a minute or lay her head on my shoulder, and I'm like, oh. That's it, right? This moment. You could be a hot mess all day. And if she just, for a minute, comes and sits with me, I'm like, and to think that that is how I can move the heart of the Lord. If I just come and sit, that his heart is moved by my presence, that he's moved by me. What a God we have and what value he's given us. Building the kingdom isn't just about people. It's God's kingdom and it's first about God. Justice in the kingdom must include Jesus, not just education, not just equal rights, not just clean water, not just safety. You can go on with that list, but it must include Jesus in the kingdom. He is the reward. And our justice is not what the world is after. It's better because we get Jesus and he gets us, all of us. And so as we engage in being equipped, let us look to this commandment. Pursue the first first and let it inform, guide, and produce the second. Because if we get connected to the vine, we will zealously pursue loving our neighbors. 
Through this COVID season, as a ministry, we responded to this invitation from the Lord to love him, to actually practice the first commandment. We reworked our rhythms so that we would have more space in the presence of the Lord to to love him, to worship him, to thank him. And we've never, ever seen more fruit in our ministry. I think that's a testament of how it works in the kingdom of God. We're seeing bar owners, we're seeing prostitutes shut down their establishments and begin to pray for a new job. They're saying, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do, but before I even know what's coming, I know I have to stop this because it's destroying my community. It's destroying my family. It's destroying my life. We are seeing families begin to get restored. Youth and young adults are making decisions to follow Jesus and to draw a line in the sand and say, no more. No more to this cycle that's destroying my family, whether it's addiction or early marriages, promiscuity, thievery, whatever it is. We're seeing young people say, no more. I'm done. I'm not going to choose this. I'm instead going to walk. I'm going to follow the Lord and see what he will do. We are a justice-seeking organization, and we are seeing that Jesus and his gospel changes everything. It's the only thing that can break cycles. Loving God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and seeing others do the same and begin to know their value before the Lord, how it has changed things in our community. It's wild. Jesus is doing things through this love, and it breaks not only things in personal lives, but also systemically. We're seeing our community begin to change. And I hear the Lord saying, try me and see what happens if you set a city on fire with the love of the Lord. I'm going to tell you a story about my friend, Anita. We showed her video on Friday, but a few things have happened since then, and I want to share it, um, the progress since then. A little update. Um, Here's a picture of Anita. She's wild. I love her. Um, She's as loud as she looks in that photo. She might even be louder. Um, She's Zambian. She lives in Wapona. She grew up in Wapona. She's on staff with us, and she's given me permission to share her story with you this morning. Um, I've known this wild girl since she was 12 or so. There's a picture of her when she's 12. Yeah, she's so cute. I didn't know. I mean, I think when I met her, I thought there's something about this girl, but I didn't know, looking back 10 years later, where we would be. She was part of our kids' ministry programming, and we began to build a friendship. Her life was tough. Her home was full of abuse. She often was beaten by her stepfather when he was under the influence of alcohol. And she was often thrown into the streets to figure out where she was going to sleep at night um, until he calmed down and would allow her to come back into the house. She would be in and out with Poetis, seasons where she would be in, connected with us often, and other seasons where we wouldn't see her for months at a time. While she was in, myself and other staff, we would pour into her, we would tell her the truth, remind her of what is real, how the Lord sees her, Um, and the Lord began to plant seeds in her life. Um, But she didn't give him her life right then. It took some years. Until she was about 17, Anita got pregnant and she dropped out of school. And everybody in her community was telling her, abort this baby because your life is going to be over. And she began to dwell on what she had had been taught. And she said, she had a moment where she had a decision to make. Am I going to do what my community is saying or am I going to follow what I know the Lord says? And she said, no, let me face this. I'm going to see what happens. I know he'll be with me. Let me face this. And she gave him her life, and she began to follow him. She started to draw back into the Poetis family 
as her support system, she drew that line in the sand and she said, no more. No more abuse, no more addiction will come from my line. It's done. It stops here. She began to believe that her life has value, that the Lord sees her, that she can move his heart, that he cares about her life and has given her purpose and hope. She worships God. She's on our worship team, man, and she loves the Lord so much because he has changed her whole life. And she wants the rest of the world to know this love that she has found. So much that she refused to leave her father's house. After she gave birth to her son, she, we were talking, and she's like, I don't know if I should stay or if I should leave. And in my heart, I was like, get out of there. That doesn't seem like it makes any sense to stay in that home. But she said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray that the Lord through my life in that home is going to change my family. What? Faith. She's like, he changed my life. I'm going to stay, and I'm going to pray, and just wait and see. I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. So she refused. Um, this is a picture. I want to show you a picture of her and her son, Chris, who's now about three. Yeah, he's a sweetie. Ezra's in trouble. Um, so she prayed for her family. It was for her mother and her sister. And they began to come and join. Their, their faith was changed. They began to join the family. And then one day after this, this pursuit, her father walked in the door of our, of our worship center and she started screaming because <laughs> she's been praying for that his life would get transformed. And in he walks and we all look at each other and we're like, <gasps> what do we do? And she starts crying and laughing and screaming. This is a picture of her and her dad. The Lord encountered him on that day. All he had to do was come in and the Lord was like, boom, I'm waiting for you. Just be willing and I'm going to move. Just be willing to come, and I'm going to move in your life. Since then, he has joined our staff. He loves Jesus. He knows that he is victorious over addiction, even though he's not always walking in it, but he knows that he's victorious, and he continues to walk it out in faith. His son, Mr. John, this is his name, his son has followed in his example of drunkenness. And do you know what Mr. John's prayer is right now? My prayer is that I will know how to, how to walk with my son so that he will know the Lord. Cycles are changing. Do you see that? That Jesus can change cycles in people's lives. Not through a good program or a good strategy, but through a revelation of Jesus and his gospel. Changes everything. The line has been drawn. Everything is changing. The kingdom is being established in their family. Because of COVID, we were forced to run our six-week training program with local Toma residents only. Um, usually we have our, our training intensive has students from all over the globe, but this year because of COVID, we couldn't have students from outside. So we just had 13 students from within Wapona participate in this program. Um, and in this school, Anita shared her testimony. You can show a photo of Anita just sharing her power. When she started talking about her story, the Lord just began to move. People were cheering and shouting because she's walking first. 12 others from the community this is their testimony. They said, Anita, you went first because of your life, because of your faith. We know we can walk it out too. We know our families can be changed. We know that we can be change agents because of what you're doing. Twelve students, older than her, most of them, are looking at her and saying, thank you. Guess who else was in that class? Her father. There's a picture too of Anita um, in a Bible study. Just the way that she's leading this community. She's going first. She has so much courage, so much faith. She inspires me every day. 
When I shared, I shared this with her. I'm going to share something that she sent back to me. She said, I like what you're going to say, Abby, but add this. This is what she said. Until recently, I wasn't even aware that my life, the way it was, was considered abuse. Because of the way that our communities say that things are normal, I thought this was how life was. The Lord revealed to me that the pain that I experienced as a child and the abuse that I suffered caused me also to abuse those around me. Especially when I was in school, I hated those with money because I didn't have any. I thought it was okay to insult and fight others because of the pain that I was experiencing. Anger and shame controlled my decisions. Now I can recognize why people in my community are acting the way they do. I am more equipped to minister to those in the community because of what I passed through and how the Lord has restored my life. My dad recently apologized to me for the way that he had treated me as a child. With tears in his eyes, he said that he was sorry and because of what the Lord has done in his life, he has forever changed as well. I thank the Lord that even though I can't be there with you people, Abby can share my testimony. The Lord changed everything in my life because of the influence of the church. I trust that the Lord can change lives all over the world because of, my, because of the way my life has been changed. He continues to write my story and my testimony is not over yet. Woo! She's amazing, isn't she? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your stroll, soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. As we press on, let us build the kingdom on a foundation with our love, full affection for the Lord. What a prize is Jesus. Oh, let us never miss Jesus. Let me pray for us. God, we love you. Thank you for changing our lives. That we stand here, God, just as so many testimonies of what you've already done. We bless you, Jesus. We love you. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in this city. Pray that you continue, Jesus. Use us, God, however you will. I pray just for just this revelation of who you are, Jesus, that we fall madly, more madly and madly in love with you. Thank you, God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.